the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Dr. Carl Williams with Terry Reed, Ed Zalzwedo, all directors of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we're talking with Richard Stepanek from AOI, the Alpha Omega Institute. Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you're here? Okay, a little bit about my background is I went to college and got an agribusiness degree, took over the family farm back in southwestern Minnesota. And I always liked the science, so I went to college. I took science classes that really I didn't need to take, like astronomy and so on, for my field studies, but just like science. And I was a theistic evolutionist. I was very religious and believed that God used evolution because the church I used to attend and the college I went to all taught evolution. So I believe God just used evolution. But that always put doubts in well, what was true in the Bible, what wasn't, because you never knew what was well, this literal or not. Or So I always had doubts about what really the Bible said. And I went to an Alpha May Institute seminar back in 1992, and they taught all this wonderful evidence that creation in Genesis is true. And being as a farmer, dealing with genetics and raising livestock and mutations, you know, when livestock had mutations, they always died. They didn't get better. Bad thing. <laughs> the mutations were a bad thing. And so in dealing with genetics, we know we were limited to what we could do with the livestock. And so it didn't take me long to reject evolution and become a creationist because I worked with it. So then from there, I studied creation and was trained kind of under Alpha May Institute. And then in 1997, I joined Alpha May Institute. Since then, I've been traveling not only through the United States, but the world. We're going to talk about some of the things we did in other countries, but we'll do that on another program here. But uh, here we're going to talk about the Star of Bethlehem. But what got you interested in the star? Well, it was a number of years ago, uh, Alpha May did a Friday night program for the community. And it was around Christmas time. Scott Mauser, who works with Alpha Omega, usually put on the program because I was usually gone traveling. And he was going to be gone. And he called me and said, Rich, you're going to be around Christmas. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, can you do this program? And I said, yeah, I can do the program. And he said, Scott said, well, there's nothing. I'll have the popcorn all made. Here's the DVD. So you don't have to do a lot of stuff. So he gave me the DVD and I've seen it before, but I thought, well, I'll watch it again. Just kind of renew my memory on it. So I watched it. And then I thought, well, maybe I should read Matthew chapter 2, because after we watched the DVD, we could have a little discussion, and I just didn't want to play dumb. And another thing, too, that sparked my interest is I do teach in astronomy classes, and after I do my astronomy teaching, people would come up to me and always ask, well, Rich, what did the wise men really see? What was a star? And I always said, well, I don't know for sure. And so if somebody asks you about something, you kind of like know a little bit about it. So I thought, well, I'll go to Matthew chapter 2. And so I was reading through Matthew chapter 2. And I was looking at what that star did. And it really does some really strange things. And as I do my research with science and also the Bible, we teach out of Genesis a lot. So 
So in science, it's my understanding, sometimes it's really hard to prove things because we don't know it. Man is really limited in our knowledge. But if we can refute something, we know it's not that. So when I go through my studies of scripture and science is I don't try to prove things. I try to refute. Them. Hmm. If I can refute something, then I know it's not that. And if I cannot refute it, then that's what it must be. If that makes sense. So it's going back through kind of a backwards way. And so I went through that study of Matthew chapter 2. And these are some of the things that, again, my teaching is not inspired, but God's Word is. And mainly what I want to get people to get into the Word and start reading it and thinking. Because if I can get them into the Word, I've succeeded, even if they may agree or disagree with it. So this is the characteristics of the star. The star appeared on the night of Christ's birth, then disappeared for two years, then reappeared. A lot of people think the star left, led them to Jerusalem. Not when I studied Matthew chapter 2, it didn't let them to Jerusalem. The wise men knew where Jerusalem was. They didn't need the star. Because when they came out of Jerusalem on their way to Bethlehem, they, they see the star again. And they were super excited. Well, if the star led them to Jerusalem, why would they be excited when they see a star again when they came out of Jerusalem? So the star appears and then disappears for two years. They saw the same star leaving Jerusalem on their way to Bethlehem as they saw two years earlier when they were in the east. So that star looked different than all the other stars in the sky. It was distinctly different. So it was different. Then when they went to Bethlehem, Bethlehem is directly south of Jerusalem. So the star went south. As I study astronomy, the earth rotates and stars rise in the east and they set in the west. All stars rise in the east and set in the west. But this star goes south. Stars then stood over a house. In, in Matthew, it's very clear it stood over one house. So they knew exactly what house Jesus was at. Another thing is it was close enough that, that they knew it was over one house. They knew it was small enough to be over just one house. Another thing is nobody seems to see the star. That's what's puzzling. When I study ancient civilizations, I mean, these ancient civilizations, they had a fascination with the heavens and the motions of the heavenly host. If something showed up in the evening night, they would see it and report it. But King Herod asked the wise men when the star appeared. Why didn't he ask his own wise men when it appeared? But nobody sees the star. That's what I find interesting. No records of it. So nobody sees the star but the wise men. The star had to be bright enough to be seen at night, but not too bright to turn the night into day when they saw the night Christ's birth. The wise men traveled to Bethlehem. If they traveled to Bethlehem during the day, that star had to be bright enough to be seen during the day because we don't really know when they went to Bethlehem. I'm assuming they went there during the day. And then as we continue on, again, it had to be small enough to be over just one house. It had to be close enough to the earth to be noticeable over one house. Because if you go outside in San Antonio and you look up in the sky, you would say, that star is right over my house. You can go on the other side of San Antonio. You can look at the same star and say, that star is over my house because they're so far away. Mm -hmm. So it had to be close enough. It had to be cool enough so it didn't burn the house down. I look at this. I mean, this star does some really strange things. So now I go through the process of illumination. Does any star in the heaven do all these things? Because it has to do all these things. You are listening to Believing the Bible with Carl Williams, Terry Reed, and Ed Zalzwedell. If you'd like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That's S-A-B-B-S-A dot O-R-G. Today we're talking with Richard Stefanik of the Alpha Omega Institute, and he's telling us about this characteristic of the Bethlehem star. So, going through the process of illumination, will the sun do any of these? That's our closest star. No, it doesn't do any. Will a planet or a group of planets do this? Well, planets don't go south and don't stop over houses. They're not close enough to a house to recognize it's that house. Could it be comets? Well, they come and go, and but they don't go south and don't stop over houses. Galaxies, well, you can hardly see them. And again, they don't go south and don't stop over houses. Supernovas, well, they come and they go, and that's it. You don't see them again. And they don't go south and don't stop over houses. And what about a nova? No, because I'm going through none of these things in the heavenly host do these things. And as I'm reading this, I says, why did the wise men, why were they looking for a star in the first place? I asked myself a strange question. Why are they looking for a star in the first place? Where in scripture would they get this from? Well, it's in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. 
It states, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. So as I'm looking here, here we have the star. The star is gonna shall come out of Jacob. Jacob is dead, so they're talking about the nation of Israel. So there's a star connected to Israel. The scepter, which is a mark of authority, it's a king holds a scepter. So there's the king, and that's connected to Israel. So you have the king and the star and Israel all connected in this prophecy. It's a prophecy by Balaam. Balaam was not a very good prophet, but he's still a prophet. And so I'm looking at this. This has to be the key. This is the sign of what the wise men are to look for. So I'm looking this and looking this. And I always looked at that star as Christ. I always look at the star. Well, that's Christ. He's going to come out of Jacob. But then I got thinking, well, how would the wise men read this? So I would try to think like, oh, the wise men look and interpret this. Well, they look at that star as literally a star. So I did something that was probably maybe not kosher. I did some mixing of the words around. A star shall rise out of Israel. That's the sign. The sign is that they're looking for a star to rise out of Israel. Now, the kings were of the kings of the east, the wise men of the east, which means they came probably from Persia or someplace. Some people say far as India, I don't know. But they came from the east, and they went west. So they're looking for a star to rise out of Jacob, out of Israel. They are not looking east for the star. They were in the east when they saw the star. That's the key. They were in the east, and they were looking west. So they're looking for a star to rise out of Israel at the time of Christ's birth. So, okay, let's go to the time of Christ's birth. We go to Luke. I believe it's in Luke chapter 2. An angel comes to the shepherds, and then a multiple of angels come to the shepherds, and the glory of God shone and shines around. So there's a bright light. The angels give the message to the shepherds. You will find a babe lying in the major wrapped in swaddling cloth. And when they get done giving the message to the shepherds, they rise up into heaven. That's what Luke says. They just watch the angels go up and up and up and up and up into heaven. Now let's go back to the wise men. They're over in the east. Which way are they looking? West. What do they see? The bright light of the angels rising out of Israel. That will not happen in astronomy unless Israel shoots a rocket. As far as we know, they didn't have rockets in those days. So they see the angels go up. That's the sign. And another thing is that really was puzzling is nobody sees the angels or the star. And the reason why is if you go to Kings, Elijah, you know, there's this big army from Syria that's coming. It's going to take out Elijah. Here's my paraphrase. Elijah says to the servant, don't worry about them. We outnumbered. And the servant says, what do you mean? One, two, one, two, three, four, five. Elijah, you don't know how to count. And what does Elijah do? He open prays to eyes. open his eyes. You cannot see good angels unless God opens your eyes. That's why nobody sees the star. That was a major clue. And so God opened the eyes of the wise men because they were seeking. They were seeking the Messiah. They came to worship him, so they knew he was God. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh as gifts. Gold is a gift worthy of a king, so they knew he's a king. Frankincense is a gift worthy of a priest, so they knew he's a priest. And myrrh was for embalming. Christ was embalmed with myrrh when he was crucified. So they knew he was going to die, but he can't stay dead because he's the eternal king. So that means he knew this babe is going to rise from the dead. He's the Savior, and they were seeking him. So God opened their eyes so they can find Christ. If you seek, God will make himself known. So likewise, as the wise men got to Jerusalem, they said, you know, where is he going to be born? They said, Bethlehem. So they looked for the star again, and it rose again. So where did the star come from this time? Well, God sent the star. They came out of Jerusalem. There's the star. So angels can appear and disappear. So they come out. They see the star. They are exceedingly excited because when you look at the verbs of that star and numbers, what it does, that basically shall come a star. That shall come means guide or leading. That's a leading star that's going to lead them to the Savior. So they're going to a town. This Jesus, he's been born two years ago. So now we have the answer, basically, is that the angels, the glory of the angels reflecting the glory of God, were the stars that's at the two separate intervals right. to guide the Magi, Magus' well, wise guys, to find Jesus. Right. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.